Welcome to the Dollars and Dumbbells podcast. I'm your host, Justin Green, a certified financial planner and CFO for online coaches, and I'm on a mission to help online coaches keep more money in their pockets. If you're building an online service business and you want to learn how to grow your profits, manage your money, and pay less taxes all while pursuing your dream life, then you're in the right place. Justin Green is the founder of AssistFP, a financial planning firm, and Be a Wealthy Coach LLC, an outsourced CFO service. All opinions expressed in this episode are mine solely and not reflective of AssistFP or Be a Wealthy Coach. As always, this podcast is not advice and it is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Always consult with your own financial tax and or legal advisor before making any decisions. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dollars and Dumbbells podcast. I'm your host, Justin Green, certified financial planner and CFO for online business owners. Today, I've got a special episode for you. We're going to remix a few snippets from previous episodes. These are three of the top episodes that listeners have enjoyed, with the first episode being episode six with Dr. Casey Joe Orvitas. She is actually the top listened to episode on the Dollars and Dumbbells podcast. It's a little cringeworthy actually going back to one of the original episodes and uh, now being about almost 100 episodes in. Significant difference in my interview style, but there's a lot of really good nuggets to take away from that conversation. We talk about setting goals and how small wins are really, really important. The theme you're going to find in this episode is that all three of these guests, we're talking about mindset and how you think about winning in general. The second interview is with Monica Mazur. She is an online fitness coach and business owner, former gym owner, and it's really, really fun to talk with her and learn more about how she viewed being intentional and building a business designed around her personal lifestyle, what she wanted, and how that's worked for her. And then the third episode is actually with uh, good friends of mine, Jonathan and Blakely Fletcher of Digital Barbell. And we just talked about awareness and intentionality in any type of self-improvement journey you're on, whether it's fitness, finance, etc. I think you're really going to love these snippets from these three episodes. If you want to go back and listen to them, episode six with Casey Joe Orvitas, episode 59 with Digital Barbell, and episode 56 with Monica Mazur. Next week, I'll be back with a new interview with Dr. Cassie DeWitt and learn a little bit more about building an online course and how she has been successful with that. Last thing, if you enjoy this, please go ahead, leave me a review and share it with your friends. I want to get this out to as many business owners as possible. Appreciate you. Enjoy the episode, and let's dive in. Do you think small wins play a big role in neuroplasticity? Like, do you think helping them? Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's actually something. So in my certification, um, the program that I run for coaches, we talk about small wins. We talk about something called sub goals, which they kind of like work hand in hand. So small wins is trying to like help our clients like set up um, small wins along the way to like long-term progress. Um, and the same thing goes for sub goals. And there's some like very interesting research that has kind of 
taken a look at like broadly like this research between like focusing on like little goals along the way versus like just keeping your focus on that like long-term goal all the time which I think is something we see a lot you know it's like oh make your long-term goal like your phone background and put sticky notes everywhere and all this stuff um and the reality is it's actually not that productive to be paying attention to that long-term goal especially if it's something that you do have like you're saving for retirement (laughs) or you're trying to lose like 100 pounds or something like that it can be really counterproductive because every day it just feels like it's still so far Mm -hmm. away. So what they actually learned from the research is that it's good to set these kind of like smaller goals, these sub goals and set yourself up for small wins to a point. But once you get to, you know, okay, let's say age 50 or you've lost 75 of the 100 pounds. Now you can more like hyper-focus on that long-term goal because the light at the tunnel, uh, light at the end of the tunnel rather is there. So it feels a little bit more just like manageable and possible. Um, so kind of switching your focus once you get to a certain point is often better but yeah for sure there's tons of research that supports the importance of setting up like yourself for small wins or setting these like sub goals along the way and things like that for sure so something you said there made me want to dive a little bit more into goal setting itself and Mm -hmm. i'm curious what your thoughts are on this because when it comes to goal setting for me personally i like to focus on uh so let's say retirement rather than saying i need a million i i want to save a million dollars for retirement I like to break that up more into like, I'm going to save X amount of dollars this year, which will then lead to retirement because I just think that one, the actual dollar amount is, is actually out of your control. Like there's a lot of assumptions that we have to really put into that to predict 30, 40, 50 years out. Um, And I feel like that would be the same way with like a weight loss goal. Like somebody, once they start strength training, will realize like, well, actually, if I'm if I'm stronger, I may not actually get down to that lower weight I thought I was going to get down, but I look great at a higher weight than I initially anticipated. Um, so, like breaking that up into maybe the goal is four workouts a week. I'm not a strength coach; I don't know what the actual goal is, but you know, breaking it up into like uh, <laughs> you know amount of workouts per week or something that's actually in that client's mm-hmm. control. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I like that a lot. And I've also never like drawn so many parallels between like financial planning and like fitness before. So this is very interesting. Um, you don't, it makes sense. That's yeah, exactly you don't have to. I always I always go back to that because obviously my background yeah. is financial planner, but I work with fitness coaches right. uh, and I'm passionate about both. And so, and I do think there's so many parallels. And uh, I had a conversation earlier with a financial planner who also is a fitness coach. So we were talking completely about the parallels. Um, so that's, that's kind of where my head's at a little bit, but um, we don't have to draw back to finance, uh, financial planning. It's just, no, yeah, that's yeah. my experience. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's cool. Cause I just like, I, when do I get to sit down with a financial planner, like talk about those right. parallels. So it's like, not somewhere that my brain typically goes, but for you, it's probably like, yeah, this is all day, yeah. every day. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super cool. Um, so with that said, I think for sure, like, the more we feel in control of like what we're doing, the more capable and more confident we're going to be able to also feel, which is of course going to lead to, you know, a higher likelihood of success because we, again, this kind of ties back to having a growth mindset, right? So if you feel like you're capable of doing something, like you believe that you can actually change, sometimes reverse engineering that does look like setting yourself up for something just on a weekly basis, getting those three workouts in, you know, because you know, like that's something that I can control. And it's true, even from like, like you were saying about, we can't always like predict with 100% certainty exactly like what this money is going to look like in 30, 40 years, whatever. Um, We also can't always totally predict like how your 
body's going to respond to something, you know, as a health and fitness coach. Um, or, you know, how things, especially if you've never really tried to insert some of these health behaviors into your life for like a longer term period, we don't know like what's going to stick or like what's going to feel right for your schedule and things like that. Um, so knowing that, like, I think it's, yeah, taking it one week at a time is great. And that's like, as most health and fitness coaches probably do this, they have like weekly check-ins with their clients. So it's like each week we can set maybe like a smaller goal or decide, you know, what is this going to look like? So it feels more manageable and something that you can like actually tackle. Um, and then maybe do like a debrief like once a month and kind of like see where things are at and where we're continuing to go. And again, you can do the exact same thing with your finances, which is so funny. I, again, never thought about it this way, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that there's some merit to like making sure that it's something that you feel like you can comp confidently do for the most part. We actually have a lot of these conversations around like trying to get folks to get more objective with their feelings and emotions around things. So when we're talking about like, okay, this is the game plan for like the next week, or like, here's what I think we should put into place, like scale of one to 10, how confident are you that you can actually do this, mm -hmm. you know? So, and at that point you can get a little bit better of an idea of where people are at. So like we have some people who are like, nine or 10, like for sure I can get those three workouts in, like no problem. Um, and then you can also dig a little bit, little bit deeper and be like, okay, so why a nine or a 10 and not like a seven or eight. And then they can kind of come out with maybe some of their strengths and why they think it's doable. And like, honestly, convince themselves, convince themselves even further that they can do it, which is great. We want to hear that all day long. Um, or, you know, it may be something more like, oh, uh, you know, now that I think about it, it's probably only like a six out of 10. Um, and then you can ask them, okay, so like, why not a seven or an eight? You know, it's like, what is missing? here? Is there something I can help you with? You know, what change, what do we need to adjust? But then also why not a five or a four, you know, like we're still at a six. So like what's making you at least this confidence, which again, can just help them with some of that like change talk and starting to get them in the right direction. Um, so I really like to do that as well. And that kind of like ties back into just like, yeah, doing something that you actually feel like you, you can do, um, and setting yourself up for success that way, instead of being like, damn, like lose a hundred pounds though or save a million dollars or whatever. That seems like a little bit like hard to even wrap your head around. So it's like, okay, what do we break it down to on a weekly basis that we're a 10 out of 10 <laughs> that we can actually achieve? That's really cool. I've never heard of that before the like mm -hmm. rate your confidence. And then, yeah. but I think, and it sounds like, uh, I think what's more important isn't the rate your confidence. It's the, why did you rate it that? Because I feel like that would prompt mm -hmm. so many discussions that actually allows you to learn more about their mindset than actually like what the rating is, you, you know? Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. I think that's something I might steal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do it. So, um, have you ever found yourself, uh, like battling with a fixed mindset? Yeah, for sure. I think kind of like in a lot of different realms, like from a health and fitness lens, I think sometimes I do get into like a fixed mindset around like, okay, I would like, you know, I've been consistently strength training for over a decade at this point. And I don't look like a lot of women who have been only doing this for five years, you know? So sometimes I do get a little bit on like, okay, because a lot of times when we think like, oh, our genetics make up like what we are, like that's a fixed mindset, you know, and some of it may be true for sure. You know, like I can't change like the length of my legs or the length of my torso or anything like that, like anatomically. So it's, it's kind of like a valid fixed mindset to some degree, but you can, you do need to be careful. And like I do too, to 
make sure that that still doesn't like slow me down or keep me from like continuing to push forward and just kind of like working with what I've got and continuing to improve upon like the anatomy that I do have and things like that. Um, so yeah, I've definitely ran into that. I think I've gotten much better with it over the years. I think it's always the hardest, like the first few years of like a health and fitness journey when you are comparing yourself more and more to people, everything feels so new and like so much work and so much effort. And it can be really, really hard, but kind of trying just to reroute yourself to like, okay, this is where they are. Or this is where I am. You know, this is what's happening. Here's what I'm doing to like improve myself um, can be really, really helpful. You know, your life, I think that the biggest thing to realize here is that your life doesn't really change all that much, whether you're making hundred grand or 150, or 200. Well, I mean, it depends where you live, but your life doesn't really change tremendously, you know, the more money you're making. I mean, again, there are some brackets, right? And so I remember- No, you're 100% right. You're you're 100% right there. I mean, uh, studies show, and the study's a little outdated, so let's say it's a little higher now, but studies show that over 75 grand, uh, your your happiness won't increase or decrease with money. Now, let's say that's probably closer to 100 now. And yes, if you live in a very expensive city like Boston or San Fran, New York, uh, well, one, I would move, but yeah, anyways, um, that, then obviously that 100 is probably higher, but, uh, back to your point, it, it doesn't change much. Yeah, it doesn't. And like, you know, maybe this is just the pure pressure of being online and seeing, uh, seeing coaches, you know, 10 months, uh, 10 grand months and 20 grand and hundred grand and da, da, da. and it's, you know, just re- really remembering to be focused on where you're going and your path and your goals because your lifestyle might look completely different or your goals and somebody else's. And for me, what I value is having time. I value being able to meet with people like yourself. I value being able to call my brother daily and talk to him because he's one of my best friends. I value being able to take my dogs on the walk. Not, you know, there comes a point where you're like, you can afford the things you want. And then when you think about pushing harder, doing more, or, or, you know, running yourself to the ground, for what? For what? Like, really, for what? <laughs> you know? Exactly. I mean, the whole idea is that we don't work for corporate America so we can create our own rules. And then we create rules that we hate. Why? That happens so much. You're so right. Like, you, you find yourself two, three, four, five years down the road being like, Oh, I kind of did my own thing to control my schedule, but yet now I like look in the morning, I look at my calendar and I dread half of these meetings or half of these calls or half of the clients you're working with. Like you have the choice of who you work with. Right. And, and I, I feel like that we always have to look at like where you're going, what's your goal, how you want your life to look like, where you are headed. Versus looking online, who posted 10 grand income month, who posted this, who posted that. It, it, how can we even compare this? Me living in a small town in Connecticut, completely different spending than living in Brooklyn, Massachusetts, where I live there. Completely different. So like those numbers that people are throwing out there are completely irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. I remember, So my brother is one of my best friends and I um, was just doing my uh, taxes. I postponed them, postponed them, postponed them, finally did them for 2021. Oh gosh, I commented on your story, on your post. So you saw how I was hit with my accountant. But I, you know, I sent him the numbers and I was like, you know, and, he, and he, for him living in Poland, having a great job, he completely didn't understand. He's like, oh, so are these the numbers you're paying taxes? You know, I gave him my income quarterly and he goes, oh, this is how much. Ta-. I was like, 
Shimon, what are you talking about? For him, those numbers were completely irrelevant. So now back to the point, it's not relevant what people are posting, what they're sharing. They live a different life. They live at a different place. Yes, we can all meet online and we seem like we are doing the same thing, but not really. And so like, it's re- I think it's really key to like focus where you're going. Look what's your goal for life, your lifestyle, and then just work for that and like stop getting distracted. That's like the biggest advice I would, I would say. Yeah. And piggybacking off that, like the numbers, one, not relevant, but two, you also have to dig deeper into the number because your revenue actually, it's like, doesn't matter to me. Like what's your profit, right? Because if you're a coach who's, who's got three assistant coaches and you're doing 10 K a month, okay, you're probably only taking home, you know, what's your profit percentage there, right? Because the reality is, is as an online coach, you can have a really high percentage. I mean, you can get up to 70, 75, or you could probably push it higher if you really wanted to. Uh, but without being like super cheap on the back end of things, you can really get up there 67, 70%. And so if you're doing 10 K a month and you're taking home, you know, seven K that's, you know, that's pretty good money. But if you're a 10 K coach and you're only taking home three K like, Oh, that other coach is doing doubly what you're doing and you're both taking, you're both making 10 K a month. Right. So not only is it irrelevant, but you also, there's a lot more to dig into there. Right. Uh, I am curious. So what is your vision? Like, what is the lifestyle you are building? I guess I already have it. (laughs) I already am here. No, really, honestly, these days, I'm all about, you know, really helping others live the life that I live. And this is, I guess, why I'm going a little bit more into life coaching, life performance coaches, I call it. So it's not just like we're talking about things, but like where you're going, how can we, how can they help you accomplish this? The fitness is always going to be there and never going to get rid of it. But really, you know, whether fitness, business, coaching or the life performance coaching, just helping people kind of well round everything and add to what they're doing. But when it comes to my lifestyle, my income or what I'm doing, I drive my dream car. We just purchased a house, um, like a, you know, dream house. We're going to renovate it and, and fix it all up. Um, the big thing that I wanted to do as a European to be able to go home to see my parents who are aging, obviously, to see my brothers, one lives in England, one lives in Poland, and to be able to see them and visit them quarterly. That was something that matters to me, being able to work as I travel. And so I I have it all. And I really honestly just don't look anymore. Of course, probably with the recession, earning a little more, but I'm good. I'm still good. I, I'm not pushing. I'm not grinding. I'm not doing anything, just living a good life and helping others accomplish the same. Because I think, I really think it's not hard. It's not hard. And when you focus on the right things, it is really not that hard because you're not distracted. So you like know exactly what you need to do. You know exactly what you don't need to do. And, and, it, and it's just easy. You know, it should not be difficult, should not be hard. I feel like people, it's difficult and it's kind of relevant parallel to, um, you know, weight loss and and training. It's not hard. It's simple. It's just that there's so many resources, so many different people, so many different voices that people are bombarded by. And so they think it's complicated. They think they're always missing a piece. And it's really not that, I I don't think it's that difficult. You have a niche, everyone's different. You will have people who will will, um, relate to you and who will be good fit for you. Find these people, make their lives better. You'll make an income, their lives are better. Everyone is winning. That's it. Yeah, I think it's really important to take the time to figure out like, what do you stand for and what your vision is up front? Because if not, then it is really easy 
to get distracted, to hear the noise, to, you know, have shiny object syndrome, and just to kind of get off the path that you originally wanted to be on because you haven't taken the time or done the work to really get um, fully immersed in your vision and in your like, you know, I call it a financial purpose statement with my clients of like, why are you even building wealth, right? I've I, I made a post in, you commented on it, was like, more money is not the goal. Like figure out what your purpose is and like having listened to you, I think something along the lines of, visiting family back in Europe while also being able to make money would be a financial purpose statement that you would use to drive you every single day and make decisions around. And if you had an opportunity come your way that was going to pull you away from that, no matter how lucrative that opportunity is, you would have to stop and think like, does that allow me to fulfill my vision of continuing to travel, et cetera? And if it doesn't, then maybe you don't take it, right? And, you know, I think it's really important. I actually was digging back through, I don't know if it was a post or a podcast you made. You were talking about uh, with your, you were talking to your mom. It was a conversation, a story that you had with your mother. And she had said something like, um, oh, what was it? She had said something along the lines of, uh, you were switching, I think, from being corporate gym to doing your own thing. And you, she kind of asked like, well, don't you want to continue helping people or something along that lines? And you, you said that my commitment, my commitment to helping people and women with their health and fitness doesn't change, you know? And so then, you know, I was thinking about it and, and you kind of elaborate on this, but like the method might change, you know, the, the corporate structure might change, the, the company you're at might change, the way you're doing it might change, but the overall vision doesn't change. I just thought that was really cool and really interesting that you threw that out there. It's so cool that you found this. You know, there's two things that kind of wrap, you, 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 you brought up the conversation with my mom. There's another reel where I talked about the three generations of women before me. So my mother growing up in communist Poland, my grandmother growing up in the Second World War, and then her mother growing up between the first and second. They didn't have the kind of freedom that I have to do mm -hmm. whatever the heck I want, living where I want, working where I want. And so you brought up this conversation of the commitment and what I want to add, you, add to, like, create an umbrella above all of it, I think the key to all of it is knowing your values. My highest value is freedom. I want to be free to do whatever I want financially, work-wise, the people I work with, with my time, where I work, how I work. And so I think it comes down to that because when you know your values, you're so easy to make decisions. If, you, if I got a job offer from Boston that would pay me, I don't know, half a million dollars a year, and go there and that's more than I'm making right now, I, I would go and I would have to move and live there. I, the, the decision's easy. No, because money goes below my freedom. Freedom is first. So like, I feel like it, it would be helpful to a lot of people to sit down and kind of like, look, okay, family, health, money, I don't know, whatever other values they have and what's the key. Because when you know this and you know the order, it's so easy to make decisions because you know right away that like, just like you said, go into something that would take me off being able to go to see my family. That's not aligned with my values. I got to leave it behind. And so, you know, m money as we're running businesses, is very important. That's one of the top values for sure. But is it all? Because sometimes when it's all, you, you might find yourself making more and more and more and still not being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As far as fat loss goes, that's definitely true. It's like the, the principles of this stuff, even if you get past all the smoke and mirrors of what's true and what's not true, the principles are simple. It's in the application where mm -hmm. it gets tricky because, 
it's super popular for hashtag influencers as far as nutrition go on uh, Instagram right now. Calorie deficit, calorie deficit, just get a calorie deficit, get in a calorie deficit, stay there until you lose the amount of fat that you, you want and boom, that's it. But like, what do you do with that information? It's like, yes, the, the, the principle of creating financial success is spend less money than you earn, but helping people get to that mm -hmm. point is the more tricky part. Yeah. Well, will they both take like knowledge of what you are spending or what you are eating and then what the deficit should be. Right. It's got to start with some kind of awareness yeah. of what your current situation is. And that's sometimes hard for people because mm -hmm. they feel overwhelmed uh, when they start to go down that road, like, shoot, maybe I'm too far gone. Maybe like, I'm really going to have yeah. to cut my lifestyle to, uh, I guess you could apply that to the financial yeah, side and to sure. the nutrition side, but, um, it has to start with some kind of awareness, which I'm sure is a huge part of your intake with new clients, yeah. right? Yeah, I would say awareness, but then also, um, intentionality, right? So getting intentional about what is it you actually want to do? Because awareness mm -hmm. is one thing. Cause you like, you can figure out what the issues are, but if you don't know where you want to go, like what improvement you're trying to make, you know, in your world, it's like weight loss, build muscle, uh, get more athletic, more coordination, whatever it is. Um, you know, if you don't have an intentional goal in mind of what you want to accomplish, like to Blakely's point, like spending less than you earn, that's cool and all, but like, then what are you doing with that gap? Right. Mm -hmm. If you have no intentionality on your goals and your vision for your life, then what are you doing with the gap? Cause, cause yeah, you're at least not creating any problems by spending less than you earn. But then the next step, is, you know, of creating that future that you want is to uh, optimize the gap there and figure out how do you invest in yourself and your business and real estate stocks, etc, whatever it could be to set your future self up for success. Um, I think that's where, you know, to your point, there's a lot of noise out there on social mm -hmm. media. And so there's a lot of people saying, do this, do that. I got rich this way. I got rich that way. And honestly, for both, this stuff just doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. This yeah. takes Sometimes it takes a really long time. Yeah. Like, you, you know, I, 30 years of habits don't get reversed <laughs> in, you know, 10 days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's not what the like magazine covers and the reels that it's you see. It's not what on, sells. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, you said something that kind of got me thinking like, and this is one thing I really appreciated when we started working with you was you, you really rooted out with us. Like, you know, what do you want? What do you mm -hmm. want out of your finances? Like, what do you want out of self-employment? What kind of lifestyle are you trying to create? Cause that's the direction I want to lead you. And I think a lot of people, um, especially with just like diet culture in general, we feel like we have to be losing weight all the time. It's like this pressure, but we don't ever like stop to ask ourselves to what end, like, yeah. why, like, what is the reason that we want to do this, but that there's always this like constant drum going on in our head about got to lose weight, got to lose weight. And then if we don't like actually think about what are the action steps in my life that are actually going to lead to, um, that outcome, once you like have a good reason why you're going to do it, you just, you just have this pressure that you should be making different decisions than you are. Mm -hmm. And it just creates this like doom loop where you feel like you're constantly failing because there's this gap between what you feel like you should be doing and what you're actually doing. Yeah. And it doesn't line up with what you want. And it really just leads people down a bad mental yeah. road, which I think people don't consider. I think they both come with the stereotype of like, if I'm, if I'm managing on my finances, I will have no life. And same thing. If I'm, if I'm yeah. managing my mm -hmm. weight loss, I will have no life and my eating will be boring. You and, know? and really that feeds into like the all or nothing mentality where yeah. it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, they're going to be eating beans and rice right. three days 
a week if I'm going to ever be able to retire or I'm going to have to eat all salads if I'm ever going to, yeah. you know, improve, improve my health yeah. and lose fat. Yeah, I think, you know, the point I really <clears throat> like there is that's a aggressive change. Like if you were to do that, that's an aggressive change that probably isn't sustainable, right? Yeah. And the reality is, is like for your clients and for my clients, we're looking at long-term focus. Like I want you to create a lifestyle that means you lead a life with intentionality. Every financial decision you make is intentional. It doesn't mean it needs to be restrictive. Like mm -hmm. I can intentionally go buy some Chipotle. I can intentionally go buy Starbucks every single morning if I want to, as long as I understand like, hey, I enjoy this. I value this. Quite frankly, I don't function without coffee. So my mm -hmm. business would probably do worse without coffee. But like, you know, as long as you understand the decisions you're making. So if it's, you know, you're ordering the dessert at dinner once a week and you know, mm -hmm. like, hey, you know what? That gives me the motivation to stick to my diet mm -hmm. the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. But as long as it fits, you know, within your macros or whatever it is. And I'm not going to go down the road of giving that <laughs> advice because uh, that's not my field. But, you know, I, I think just trying not to go into this aggressive change right away, but more so how do you start building the habits to create a lifestyle of making really good financial decisions, a lifestyle of making really good nutrition decisions, a lifestyle mm -hmm. of being active. Um, you know, so I, I think that's where a lot of times most people are coming and thinking, well, I just want this quickly. I just want to get it done quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're opening the door for kind of the conversation on instant versus delayed <laughs> gratification. But one thing you made me think of there was like, you know, they could try, you could tie this into finances or nutrition or exercise or lifestyle, whatever. But the thing that causes a lot of us grief in our life is we have our expectations up at one level. And if you're only listening to this, you can't see I'm holding my hand up. <laughs> and then at another level, we have the actions that we're able to take on a day-to-day -day basis. And when we're in alignment and when we have peace, our expectations are at the same level as our output, our actions. We feel like we're doing the thing that we want to do. But when we keep our expectations up really high, but our actions are in the will, the things we're willing to do are at a much lower level, we feel this gap of discontent. So that's where you, uh, you know, you know, you want to retire someday. You want to have the money to uh, go on vacation, but your actions are that you're, you know, frivolously spending mm -hmm. on Amazon or you're going out to eat three times a week. So you, you have this gap and that's what makes you feel like you're failing. And the exact same thing goes with nutrition, but to get out of that, you can do one of two things. You can either bring your expectation down to match your level of actions that you're willing to put out, or you can keep your expectations the same and you can dial up your level of consistency and discipline and the things that you're willing to do mm -hmm. to achieve peace. That's your really, your only two choices. If you want to both get results and have a higher quality of life by not beating yourself up all the time. Hey coaches, did you enjoy this episode? If so, then you'll definitely enjoy my weekly newsletter, The Wealthy Weekend. Every Friday afternoon, I share actionable tips and stories on how to be a wealthy coach that allows you to get 1% better even on the weekends. Check out the show notes to sign up or hit the link in my Instagram bio at JustinGreenFP. All right, coaches, until next time, be wealthy.